I'm Chris Turner, and this is Tapestry's Empowered to Connect podcast. Greetings, and joining me once again are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. So, I wanted to have you on, and I wanted to surprise you, because we're going to play another round of Give Me an Example. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm totally going to win again. Oh. I think we're tied one to one, actually. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I won the last one, but you can go back and look at it. Yes. If listeners can want to go back to past episodes and compare these scores of the two Give Me an Example episodes, feel free to do so. The only thing I remember from the previous thing, uh, Give Me an Example episodes vividly, is when you awarded yourself points. (laughs) One point. I awarded myself one point. This is true. It was just one point. For self-restraint. For a question you asked. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, full declaration, Ryan and Kayla do not know the questions I'm going to be asking them about. So this is a complete and total surprise. It is totally a surprise. Okay. Totally a surprise. First one to three ones. <laughs> well, let's see how long it takes us to talk about just one. That's a fair point. That's okay. That's so give me an example of practicing total voice control. I got this one. <laughs> we should have a buzzer. I mean, seriously. The budget does not allow for buzzers. I'm and so sorry. Our, our voices are so distinctly different it's that easy we kind enough. of don't need a buzzer. Uh, so total yeah. voice control, Chris. Uh, is is a double entendre because the T stands for total voice control, but it also stands for tone, volume, and cadence, which is important because if you pay attention to your tone, think about how much you can communicate by having uh, an aggressive tone, a gentle tone, a a irregular tone, right? You you can convey what you're feeling um, and you can convey what you want to just by, by altering your tone. You can also do the same with volume, right? Um, generally, you can go coach voice and yell at people, or um, with one of our sons, um, instead of raising my voice, if I really, really want him to to kind of know that I'm that I'm dead serious, I will kind of get down on his level, slow, um, change my tone to be kind of this gentle tone, lower my volume and slow my cadence, and then he's like, "Oh, dead serious." Mm. So, and then the C is obviously for cadence because you can communicate whether you're slowing it down or if you're speeding it up. There's just a lot you can communicate with your tone, volume, and cadence. And you can communicate uh, the whole gambit of emotions, I think, with just tone, volume, and cadence. And mm-hmm. you have to become very practiced at it. You have, to, uh, you have to be very mindful of what you're trying to communicate and using those three. It's just your voice, the one tool, right? Mm. The total voice control. But being able to exercise total voice control you give yourself tone volume and cadence as tools to communicate what you're trying to communicate i guess you i guess you win that one i think that was an explanation but not really an Uh, example well i mean the name of the game is give me an example i did use examples in there gave an example of my son slowing my volume down I'm slowing my cadence down, lowering my volume, getting these levels, slowing the cadence. So, Caleb, yeah. do you have a story about using total voice control? And I feel like I want you to recognize I gave an example <laughs> since you called me out for not giving one, Christopher. I think you did a good job giving an example. You I did. was willing to award you Thank the point. You. Okay. I, don't, I don't know that I have a, a great example other than when your voice is 
faster and your tone is more playful. I can do that with kids when, um, let's say there's some like minor infractions. So Mm -hmm. something little happens. Um, so, or maybe something that somebody might consider even bigger. Like let's say one of my teenagers, um, smarts off to me or something and Mm. says something real sassy back to me. I could come down and I could, I could say, you will not do that. You will not speak to me that that way. Mm. And I could convey with my voice, you know, that I was really serious or I could be playful and, and have a totally different interaction. And I could say, Whoa, you want to try that again with respect? And my voice could say something completely different. It could be mm-hmm. a little more playful. So it's going to dictate how that interaction is going to go. Yeah, this isn't this isn't an, obviously an example, but something I think that's worthwhile to add. Um, when you're talking about you know, the tone, volume, and cadence, mm. um, a lot of times um, when kids have one of one of the, the nails on the chalkboard things for me is the whiny tone. Oh, yes. Yeah, it just because because it's so difficult for me that I I almost can't fight through it and and hear what's going on. I just like, oh, just please stop talking. Um, But Bettina Bryson of Whole Brain Child fame, uh, she said that if your child is whining, ask them to whisper because whining and whispering are incompatible. And I tried that recently with the kids and it's true Mm. that you cannot whine and whisper at the same time. It's actually like, kind of hilarious. Yeah, Libby was like, was was was, was whining about something, and I said, "Honey, can you whisper that in Daddy's ear?" And she did it, and it was just regular voice, just soft. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's not just I think for us to be mindful of our tone, volume, and cadence, but we can coach our children, mm. and I think we need to teach them that hey, you communicate different things when you're raising your voice versus lowering your voice in terms of volume, speeding up versus slowing down. Um, you know, aggressive, agitated, normal, whatever. We can, we, we have responsibility to teach our children that, that those things matter. Mm. But the other thing is that we can recognize that we can change the whine. We can remove the whining tone by just having our children whisper. Mm. And kids like whispering because all of a sudden it's now become it's like a secret. A secret. Right. Yes, and they're like, Because yes. Libby's like, my four-year-old's like, Daddy, can I tell you a secret? I'm like, yeah, baby. She goes, I love you. Aww. And I'm like, baby, but I already knew that. It's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kids Anything love she can whisper, she loves. Yeah. All right. Point Ruling. to Ryan. Yes. We'll give him the point. Um, I'd like there to be less reluctance in your tone <laughs> when awarding me points, Christopher. I, I, I'm sorry. The, the players cannot comment on the judge's disposition. <laughs> I just thought it was contextually relevant. <laughs> Okay, give me an example of using time in instead of time out. Ooh, ooh, I got this one. I So I'm going to have to admit that I did time in really wrong for a long time. I thought that it was time out, but I had to sit there with them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was really irritating. It was just another way, because connected time out sounded wrong. Right, right. <laughs> connected time out sounded wrong. So I thought, well, I'm going to do time out, but now I'm going to sit with you while we have time out. Um. And it didn't work. And I was like, this is dumb. I don't, whoever thought of this, I, it was, this is not a good idea. And then I listened to an explanation of it again. And I went, oh, I've been doing this all wrong. So a time in would be when our child 
has gotten dysregulated to the point. So we've already tried to playfully engage them. We've maybe we've tried to give them a couple of choices. And at this point, they're, they're verbally aggressive. Like they're maybe screaming at us. No, I'm not going to do that. You can't make me do that or whatever. And so we're going to have them go to a time in, which is basically it's calmed down. Some people call it think it over. Some people call it just cooling off, whatever. But it's basically just a guided calming place, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a specific place. So at our house, um, what it might look like, we have a chair that I use a lot of times for it because a lot of times my kids are, are getting upset and they're yelling, I'm not going to do that. I'm so mad. And they can't, and we have a couple in particular that Hmm. do it more often than others. And so I'll just say, go to the blue chair. I'm coming. I'm, I'm right behind you. And we'll go to the blue chair. And when we get there, we've got a couple of little, um, we've got a little, a couple of little fidgets that we keep there. They're those kind of visual things. You can make some. These, these I bought, but they're kind of like a little cylinder and it's got like goo inside of it mm-hmm. and it like falls down or the little ones that are like oil and water. And mm-hmm. they, um, we can put some links in the show notes about, about what those, um, those little like, they're like visual. I don't even know what they're called. But anyways, we have a couple of those that sit in our time in. We also have a pinwheel that sits there that they can blow on because that blowing out is calming. Um, We've taught our kids about deep breathing. We have some different things. So we will sit with them um, and help them calm and help them get to a place where they can calm down. But we'll also... It doesn't have to be in that one spot. So if we're not at home, it's not like, oh no, what do we do? Right. So when we're somewhere else, um, we, like when we were, we went to Disney World about a year and a half ago, um, and Disney World is a very dysregulating place. <laughs> um, and our, in particular, our at the time three year old was really struggling on those long days, and she mm. was getting really dysregulated, and so we did time in. Sometimes time in looked like sitting down on the sidewalk right where we were, putting the child in my lap and just kind of rubbing her back and talking calmly and soothingly to her. Mm. So, so um, don't really have much to add to that because I think that was a really great explanation of, of what a time in is. Um, but just if I can just quickly add a couple of things about it's just an opportunity to help your child calm mm. because you know one of one of the um, one of the favorite tactics of helping kids calm is to give them a, a piece of bubble gum because they get the t- proprioceptive input, right? And so, um, you know, we, we talk about bubble gum a lot in parenting, but I remember years ago, uh, Dr. Purr was saying that, that a, lot of, a lot of TBRI was just remembering the way grandma did it. Mm-hmm. And they were talking on the radio today, I was coming home from work, um, and so um, the Open Championship because you can't like legally call it the British Open anymore. It has to be called the Open Championship. Mm. And Jordan Spieth from Dallas was leading, and uh, he did not play very well on the first hole. Mm. And they were talking about this on the radio today. Uh, at the second tee, his swing coach came and put a piece of gum in his mouth huh. and told him to chew gum. And he played so much better on the second hole that he chewed gum. He said, I don't usually chew gum, but at the press conference, he said he chewed gum the whole round because it was calming and helped him play better shots. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. And so then they started talking about how um, one of the guys said, you know, when he was a kid in church, his mother would always give them gum when they went into church because it would help them sit still. Uh And that reminded me of the, we just remember the way grandma did it. 
So um, one of the things I think that's important to remember, because I think the, for the, the title Time In is, is mm, scary is not the right word, but it's maybe a little intimidating. Apprehensive too. Yeah, because you, yeah. you, you go, oh, it's just opposite of a timeout. So it's just like a timeout except I'm wasting my time. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand what it is, but it can be multiple things like, like you know, if your kid needs a timeout in the grocery store, give them some gum and have them walk beside you and they're calming, they're connected. It's because I think at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff requires you to understand the core principle and then be creative in your application of it. Mm. So um, I'll concede a point to Kayla. Okay. That's your good, answer was, was really good though. I was going to give it to her anyway. Yeah, I just conceded it because I didn't want you to have the, I took the power from you. Too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Give me an example of think before you consequence. Yes. Ryan. <laughs> yes, we know who you are. Very good. Okay, so, so, so when you were, so you said, okay, give me an example. I thought about how, you know, when you watch Family Feud and then they, put, they just hit the, the buzzer and Steve Harvey looks at them and they just like stare at him in the blanks. <laughs> I was like so afraid that was going to happen. You were so excited to answer. What's the question again? That, that's no, a joke. I, I, know the, I, I know the question. I'll too. answer. I'm just okay. teasing. The reason you need to think before you consequence, okay? Because what uh, what we do is um, we go, if we can just go like big enough with our consequences, our children will just behave better. And that is simply not true. Because, I, I, because you know, with now with, we have teenagers and a lot of families we work with themselves have teens. The favorite one is take your phone for a week. Now, very rarely does the child have an infraction that, that deserves losing the device for a whole week. Uh, certainly there are some times when you could do that. Um, but you need to think before you consequence, especially when it comes to those kids when you're taking something that not only do they enjoy using, but it also connects them to the outside world. Mm-hmm. Right? Like my, my, my 14-year-old can't drive. He can't go and see his friends. So they text, mm-hmm. you know, because one of the people he texts is your <laughs> son. My son. <laughs> and so, um, so we need to think before we consequence because we, we, we go DEFCON one on them when it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. And if we don't think before we consequence, if we're not reasonable, if we don't make it related to the infraction, then what happens is our children start to believe that we're unreasonable people. And once our children start to believe we're unreasonable people, even when we're being reasonable, they still view us as unreasonable people, mm-hmm. right? So an example of thinking before you consequence is to practice outside the moment, which is, which is another parenting tool. And so when it comes to consequences related to electronics, because all of the children uh, either have phones or tablets. Mm-hmm. And so we have some rules. I know we referenced this in an episode before, where we sat down, we agreed on rules with them, and then we wrote them down. And so we thought before we consequence, mm-hmm. because if you don't think before you consequence, if you don't decide what you're going to do outside of the moment, you're not going to think well. You're going to be, you're going to be um, really over the top when you consequence. Because you're making it up on the fly. Yes, when you're angry. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is you're either going to have to stick with the consequence, which is lousy if it's not really deserved. Uh, and secondly, you might retreat from the consequence, which just teach your, teaches your children if they can ride out your, your, your lid flipping they're still going to get what they want. Mm. So thinking, be, thinking before your consequence um, allows you to be reasonable, allows you to be respectful to your child. It allows you to relate it to the infraction. Um, and I think it allows the, ch- the child then to learn the lesson as opposed to just learn that 
there's no point in behaving because you just keep taking their phone for a week. Mm. I think the only thing I would add to that really is that too often consequences are our first thing that we go to. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you think before you consequence, there's a bunch of other tools you probably could use. Mm-hmm. So thinking before a consequence. So let's say my child is doing something they shouldn't do. So my immediate instinct is, well, when I was a kid, there would be a consequence for that. Mm-hmm. But if I stop and think about it, I might be able to figure out a playful way to engage that child. So um, let's say, for example, um, my child is, um, they're supposed to be doing their chores. And I come in the room and I find them playing video games instead of doing their chore. So I could give a consequence and say, no video games for a week because that's probably what would have happened in my house, <laughs> right. right? When I was growing up, I probably would have, well, we won't go into it, but I wasn't allowed to have video games. So my kids having video games is already, <laughs> is already different, but we're well, talking uh, about how different those video games were from when you oh, were Oh yeah. They age. were way different anyways, but I, mean, I think like I did have, an, f- I think I did have Pong on my computer. Yeah. I, on my, uh, on my little, I think I hooked Pac-Man. it up to the TV Why or something. Why is she volunteering how old she is? I know, right? Okay, sorry. <laughs> and I'm older than she is. I, I really did have Pong as exactly. the only video I, game. I really did. I, because now there were other things around, but that was all my parents would let me have right. because they felt it was still safe and all the rest of them they weren't sure about. So anyways, sorry, going way off on a tangent there. But I, um, when I could have said no video games for a week because you were supposed to be doing your chore and you did your video games. Or I could say, whoa, uh, what were you supposed to be doing? And I could remind them of the chore because often our kids just get distracted, which is what I do. Mm. And I could, instead of just coming down hard on them, I could just remind them, hey, we need to be doing you know, our chores first and we could g- go back to that. Or I could, in some playful way, if I'm not always good on the fly coming up with something, you know, playful mm. in the moment, but I could do something like that instead of just coming down hard. If I just take a minute and I think, okay, does this really need to have a consequence? Mm-hmm. Is this, because usually what we use consequences for at our house are things that are happening over and over and over and over and over again, mm. that we know our kids are at a place where they're capable of doing that on a regular basis. Mm. Right. So it's not, Um, it's not for the kid that really struggles to sit still or the kid that really struggles to, um, do something. I'm not giving a consequence for that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm giving a consequence for something that I'm, I know my child is capable of accomplishing on a regular basis. If that makes sense. I think so too, when it comes to consequences, we, we need to be mindful of, uh, the age, both physically and developmentally. Of our children, too, because the consequence for a seven-year-old is going to be radically different than one for a 13-year-old. Well, and especially if that seven-year-old is emotionally more like a four-year-old. Right. Those are all good points. I think I'm going to award both of you a point for that one. Well, so now we're tied. Now we need a tiebreaker at least. Okay, we'll have to have a tiebreaker then. I'm going to change your name from Chris to even Steven. (laughs) (laughs) Chris is going to award himself the last point. Okay, so tiebreaker. Thank you. Give me an example of responding to fear with connection. 
I've done it. I've stumped them. They're both looking at each other. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> yes, Ryan, go. Responding to fear with connection. I can do this because it happens at our night in our house mm. seven nights a week. <laughs> at some point between the hours of 2.30 and 4 a.m. in... Seriously, it's the 2.30 to 4 a.m. window. <laughs> One of my daughters will knock on my door in the bedroom. And so Kayla and I um, lock our bedroom door um, for, for several reasons. One of them being so we wanted to train the children when they were young that to understand that you know, the bed, our bedroom is the only place in the world that is just ours together. It's the only thing that we don't have to share with anybody. Right. And so we wanted them to be respectful of that. So even when our bedroom doors open now, they'll knock before they come in. The second one is more practical than that because one night I forgot to lock the door and my daughter came in and she woke, woke me up, daddy, daddy. And I was kind of caught because I was startled mm. and, and reflex like took a swing at her and kind of caught myself with my, like, my arm cocked back <laughs> to punch this person who's invaded our home. <laughs> so they knock. So it's, safety. So safety. Um, and for everybody. And so at some point between 2.30 and 4 o'clock, some, somebody will knock, usually one of the girls, and they will say, Daddy, I'm scared. And so they're afraid. Now, now fear, is, fear is an amazing thing. Whether it's real or not, not re actually relevant. It's whether mm -hmm. the person thinks it's real or not, right? I have re height issues. Like, I can't even go on the roof of our, of our, of our home. I, I'm like a, like a vertigo. I feel like I'm falling and kind of stuff. And I'm afraid of being up high. Now, other people climb up on the roof all of the time and it doesn't seem to bother them, which would then indicate to me that my fear isn't actually real. Mm. It's just what I feel. So I understand that she is scared in that moment. And I could say, honey, you're not scared. I've done that before. <laughs> honey, go just back go to back your room. <laughs> There's I've nothing to before. be scared of. There's nothing to be scared of. I could do all these things and I have done all these things over the years. Uh, or I can go with her to her room and I can sit with her until she falls asleep. I've done that. I've climbed into bed with them and, and laid on the bed next to them until they fall asleep. Or I could do what I most frequently do because I want to just go back to sleep because I'm tired and say, oh, baby, why don't you come inside? And we make a little pallet on the floor because at our house, as I'm sure in most houses, um, you know, before I got married, Chris, I had two pillows on my bed. But when I, well, when I, but when, but when I got married, I, I had no idea you had to have like a minimum of thirteen pillows on your bed. Now there's twenty four pillows. And so we got these these big square things and reg and, it, and so we can build a nice comfortable um, fort. Fort. <laughs> and so we just make so we just make a uh, a little pallet out of all of these pillows, and the kids like it. And so for, for me, I can push back on her, or I can really respond to that fear and invite her in, so she will feel safe with us, mm. and it doesn't hurt us at all because number one we go I go right back to sleep Kayla is surprised to find a child on the bedroom floor every mor <laughs> morning I don't usually hear this interaction well the one time we were staying in a hotel and, and one of our kids came into in, in, into it was like a, one of those adjoining rooms the, no it was like the suite so there, okay. so there were a couple of the kids on the fold out bed in the living room and it was a separate bedroom and um, I woke up and this kid was in the bed with us and I'm like, how'd that happen? I was like really confused because I could not believe I didn't wake up. So my answer to how to give an example of how to respond to fear with connection is at night when the kids are afraid, you could push them back to their room or you could do the, that's not a real big deal and let them sleep on a pallet on the floor. Good answer. I but I'm not going to concede it to you. Oh, oh <laughs> I'd be disappointed if you did. I'm 
little too competitive for that. So a lot of our kids have... Oh, look, we're out of time, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. I think it's the part where you say, thanks for listening. <laughs> a lot of our kids have some really big fears. Um, they have some fears of being left. They have fears of, um, you know, doing certain things. Um, and we, for a long time, didn't recognize those as being fears. We thought it was disobedience or defiance. Mm. Um, I remember one of our kiddos used to get really scared, thought that we were going to leave him everywhere we went. Mm. And so we'd go to the grocery store and I would go to look at something on the end cap and he'd be right behind me. And I'd go look at the end cap and he had looked away and didn't see where I went. And I'd go back around the corner like, come on, buddy. And he was frozen mm. with fear because he thought I had left him because he couldn't see me. Cause I, and I was just standing there just a few feet away from him, but he couldn't see me. Um, and so in a lot of those moments, I didn't respond with connection. Um, but I instead was like, come on, yeah. just move, keep going. But what I should have done was one, been mindful of that and recognized it as a fear and not gone around the end cap. Mm. I mean, that would have been a really easy fix knowing that he was fearful of that, but I didn't recognize it. Or two, I can come to him when he gets stuck in that fear place and I can come to him and I can wrap my arms around him and I can talk gently, get on his eye level and I can connect with him and say, buddy, what's going on? What do you need? Um, cause I think the biggest thing that we can ask, we can do with our kids when they're stuck in that fear place is to ask them what they need and see if we can get some words around it. Mm -hmm. Um, and another example would be a fear like a, like a, an anxiety. So our, um, my parents take our kids to New Mexico every year for a week. Mm. Um, and they go up in the cabins and they, they have the best time. They don't use screens hardly at all while they're there. Maybe watch a movie or two, but for the most part, they're just playing out in nature and they're, um, doing all this fun stuff and it's a really good time for them. But one of our kids is really, really fearful of going mm. every year, even though she knows she's been many years, she has a great time while she's there. She gets paralyzed with fear, usually the week before, a couple of days before. And so what we've started to do with her is say, what are you afraid of? And really name the fears. Mm -hmm. And so she gave me a, a specific list. And she was like, well, I'm afraid that the car trip is going to not be fun. And so I'm like, okay, what are, what are you afraid is going to happen in the car? Well, I'm afraid somebody's going to get sick in the car and they're going to throw up because that's like her biggest fear is, I mean, we, we came back from family camp one year and everybody was sick and they were all barfing in the car. <laughs> so since then, that's been a real big fear of hers. Uh, that would be a fear of mine too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I said, well, sweetheart, you know, that's only happened once before and we've taken all these other car trips. Well, that's true. So we named that fear and we were able to then talk through all the other fears and kind of name them. And so then by the end of it, she was feeling connected. She was feeling like, okay, I, I feel heard. Mom understood that I was fearful and we were able to talk through these fears. And she, the day they left, she got in the car. Bye. See you later. And she was fine. <laughs> so. If I may, that felt like a really great story. <laughs> It was a, it was a good example of a really great story. <laughs> you know what? His competitiveness is coming out. If you say a word, 
a point to each of you. <laughs> I'm never playing this game again. Right? Only if he gives me the point. Well, then, then we'll be good. Well, looking over our list here, we do have some more items that we can use for a future Give Me an Example episode. Yes. So whomever comes out on the short end will have a chance at redemption okay. later on. Yes. That said, yes. I will award the final point to Ryan. Oh, seriously. You know, we need um, we need the Elvis Presley intro music for the moment. Like this. <laughs> da, da, da. Why don't you just sing it for us? Da, da, da. It's lovely. Well, guys, thanks for Hold coming on. on. Oh. It felt like there were some sour grapes in that. It's lovely. <laughs> I just feel gypped. <laughs> well, it's okay. Well, we want to encourage feelings. So, <laughs> Kayla, tell us why you feel jumped. I just felt like my answer was better. Oh, you felt like you should have got a trophy no just for answering? <laughs> no. That's what you got. Oh. Mm-hmm. You heard me. You probably should end this. <laughs> you probably should. Well, guys, thanks for coming on and playing along. Thank you for having us. Uh, on the surprise edition of the Parenting Tools Game example. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. We're going to be taking a break for a few weeks, give our family some downtime, and take a couple of trips. We'll have some new material for you in the latter half of August. If you have some questions uh, about today's episode and some of the parenting tools we talked about, or anything else that we can help you out with, you can email it to us at tapestry at irvingbible.org. If you can be really succinct with your question, feel free to tweet it to us on Twitter at TapestryIBC. You can also find us on Facebook at TapestryIBC. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or the Google Play Store. Just search for Tapestry Adoption Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from our episodes, we would appreciate a review in either location. Empowered to Connect is the training and support community of Tapestry, the adoption and foster care ministry of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. You can check the show notes for relevant links from this episode and find more resources on our website, empoweredtoconnect.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>